News Radio 840 WHAS. Good Sunday morning. Bob Sekuller, the Louisville Real Estate Show here with you until the top of the hour. Thanks for joining us. Folks, with us, uh, a good group of people, I should say even great. Uh, Cora Henderson, who is one of the head people over at Pitt & Frank LLC. They can do a great job, and they do a great job getting your loan closed. You can reach Cora and the folks over at Pitt & Frank LLC at 895-9900. Also here, Brad Lawler, who's owner of Home Team Inspection Service and Team Bugout. I should tell you that Home Team also not only services Louisville, but also Frankfurt and Lexington as well. And you can reach Brad and the folks over at Home Team and also Team Bugout, 844-411-TEAM. And I'm Bob Sekoler. I am the owner of the Sekoler team over at REMAX Properties East. And we do a decent job of getting your home sold. And if you're looking to buy a home, we can help you with our agents. We'll help you as well. If you're thinking about selling now, next year, or the years beyond, I can give you a free, no obligation visit to talk about what it is that you need to do to get ready to sell. Maybe it's nothing. You can reach me anytime on my cell phone, 376-5483, or you can go to bobsellslouisville.com. All right, this first question is going out to the entire team here, uh, and it deals with um, Alexander. So Brad Cora, Alexander says he plans on buying a new home in 2024 as interest rates appear to be coming down, and they do appear to be coming down. He's wondering what are the first-time home buyer mistakes to avoid when buying a home. Interesting thought. First-time home buyer mistakes from inspections and then from uh, attorney as well. Let Brad, let's start it with you. Well, don't waive the inspection. Don't mm -hmm. waive the mm -hmm. inspection. Just you know, even if you are not going to get any repairs covered, at least know what you're getting into. Don't jeopardize your financial future by taking on someone else's problems. Uh, that being said, when you're choosing the inspector, make sure that you look at their sample reports, check their reviews, get referrals uh, from people who you know, like, and trust uh, before you make that final decision, because that will make sure that you are provided with a report that actually makes sense to you. Mm -hmm. And I think the other thing is, is just read the entirety of the report. There's a lot of information that's contained within. I know sometimes it can feel like overload, but all home inspectors should be partnering up with the buyer, first time home buyer in particular, and guiding them through that process through a well-crafted and well-documented um, inspection. Uh, we, you know, home team works well with, with all of the agents who, you know, come alongside those first time home buyers uh, walking you through. You need a home inspector who is professional, non-alarmist, doesn't try to, you know, create, you know, big uh, scary stories about things because you know we believe that everything can be fixed i get that okay it can be for the most part right cora from your standpoint uh, from a legal side what uh, would you advise alexander on this Absolutely. Well, for a first-time home buyer and any home buyer, you want to make sure that you're getting good title to the property. So what does that mean? I think you need to choose a closing attorney very carefully, one that has an outstanding reputation, professionalism, uh, legal diligence, and a trusted resource. So I would look at how many years they've been in the business. If it's a relatively new company, I would be you know, concerned, is this just a pop-up company? Is this something where if I have trouble two, three, four years from now, when I go back to call them, are they going to 
still be in business. Mm-hmm. Um, also, just understanding and appreciating and asking the right questions, such as, has the title been cleared? Am I getting this free and clear? Am I getting a general warranty deed, which is the standard in our industry? But you know, if you don't have the right professionals and you do a different deed called a quick claim deed, suddenly you're taking it subject to. Also, making sure that you get your owner's title insurance policy, which is separate and distinct from a lender. A lender will always have their own lender's title insurance policy to ensure the loan that they are taking out for you. Uh, But the owner needs to protect what is probably going to be the largest investment that they will ever make in their life, and that is their home. And they do that. They protect their legal interest and investment in that property by getting an owner's title insurance premium so that in the future, should something happen, someone threaten um, their legal interest in the property, whether it be by you know post-closing fraud, which we've talked about, which is uh, certainly on the rise, or if it's it's a, an issue from the past. Maybe that title wasn't clear. Maybe a company did go out of business or didn't do a good job. And uh, maybe the public records, maybe there was a forgery um, or other type of fraud back in the chain of title. They're going to be protected by that title insurance premium that is a one-time cost. Also being sure that uh, the person that sits with you, yes, they're going to say sign here probably more than once or a dozen times, maybe even a hundred, depending on the type of loan that you're getting, but making sure you're getting an important short summary of those documents, especially relative to your loan product, such as when am I making my first payment? Are there any prepayment penalties on my loan? Mm -hmm. All those are going to be very important questions to make sure that exactly what you bargained for, exactly what you anticipate is in fact what you're walking away with after the closing. Yep. Good answers from both of you. And I also would add from a realtor standpoint is to start looking for your home well before you're ready to buy. You want to find an agent that you trust, a team preferably, which will give you the advantage of being able to get into a new listing quickly and then start seeing what's coming on the market so you can start determining whether this fits you or not and what prices are in the given area. So those are probably the best tips I think we could all give you to start your journey early, but know that it will be exciting and spectacular. Once you're in it, you'll think, why didn't I do this years ago? So we thank you. We wish you the best, Alexander, on this. Moving on, this goes to uh, our home team inspector, Brad Lawler. Uh, Richard writes in to um, Bob at WeSellLouisville.com, which you all can do. Uh, I'm on a tight budget this winter. How dangerous is it to run a space heater in my home uh, instead of running the heat throughout the entire house? Brad, what are your concerns on that? Well, depending on the type of space heater, um, you know, electric space heater is, you know, going to crank that uh, electric bill up quite a bit. Uh, but I mean, they, I think they can safely be used in, you know, single rooms. Uh, I would feel better about an electric heater, uh, particularly the oil filled ones than I would about anything that burns kerosene or any other type of, mm. of fuel, uh, because those have to be ventilated. They can't be used in a, in a room, uh, you know, anytime you're, bringing something like that and you're, you know, running a risk of carbon monoxide poisoning and it's not, it's, it's not worth it trying to save a few dollars on an energy bill, which we all understand, but, uh, electric, you're probably safer than, um, than you are with a, with a fuel burning one. But one thing I would say, any heaters you're going to use, make sure that you move them away from all combustibles. Don't keep them close to a bed. You know, your sheets, your blankets can catch on fire. Don't put them near drapes. Don't have them anywhere that a child can tip them over or an animal can tip them over. Um, you know, you, you got to be very careful with those space heaters. 
infrared heaters go into under the category of electric heaters because they yes. plug in the Senate? Yeah. yeah, well, I mean, there are infrared that are that are also uh, gas burning, fuel burning. Mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. But yeah, you there are a lot of the ones that look like little um, funnels, cones. Uh, those are going to be electric um, infrared. A reminder, you can see a replay of this show by going to LouisvilleAnswers.com, LouisvilleAnswers.com. That will take you to our YouTube channel where you'll not only hear but see us doing the show as we uh, recorded it for air. And a reminder, if you'd like to find out what sellers are saying about us, a couple of things our Secolar team, you can go to LouisvilleSellersTalk.com. We have videos waiting for you there. Or read our reviews at LouisvilleZillow.com or LouisvilleGoogle. Dot com. We go back over to Cora Henderson over at Pitt and Frank LLC. Sydney sent us an email with a question that everyone needs to think about. So, Cora, Sydney's mom wants to make sure that Sydney gets the home that her mom owns when she passes away. And she and her mom are wondering, should mom put the home in Sydney's name now or wait and then leave it to her in the will? Her mom apparently is worried about the tax consequence of putting Sydney's name on the home right now. Any thoughts on that from a legal perspective? Absolutely. I have a lot of thoughts on that. Yeah. So um, so stay with me here. I yeah. think that it is certainly fact uh, derivative, and we would love to have a consultation with them to understand what option best suits their needs. But things that we should be thinking about whenever we make those considerations, uh, such as quick claim deeds, certainly there's going to be a tax implication to that. So, you know, having those conversations with your tax specialist is very important. Uh, secondly, from an estate planning standpoint, you know, typically we like to see that reserved in the will. Um, we like to see that reserved in estate planning tools, but maybe a trust is a better vehicle. Um, based on that fact pattern, then per se, you know, just a will, maybe the asset should be titled in the trust. Uh, for instance, um, you know, if there are concerns about Medicaid and having her mother, you know, uh, with a home and, and, and the look back period and so on and so forth, if we're worried about the government coming in and subjecting and pulling in that home, that asset to pay off that the debt for the care that she had been receiving after her death, um, you know, that could be a problem. They could see that as a gift, even if it is titled in Sydney's name. So there are certain tools that we can use as attorneys um, and, and certainly elder law practitioners who are able to preserve those assets as best as possible from those types of scenarios. Uh, for instance, one a popular vehicle um, would be a, a irrevocable trust in that scenario. Um, yes, you can't add Sydney to title. If you do, you would want to use certain language such as joint tenants with rights of survivorship, meaning that that then makes that asset become subject to titling and it is a non-probatable asset. So it actually wouldn't be drug into their estate. It would pass outside of probate because we titled it on the deed that way. But again, it has tax implications. So there's a lot of advantages and disadvantages that may be more important to some than others that really precipitates a need for a consultation, a, a well-designed, thought-out plan for our consumers so we can make sure that we accomplish the, the, the best goal in mind for them and, and something that's going to leave all parties uh, better off for and not something where, you know, they're looking back on, gosh, I wish I had not jumped the gun, had not a placed her on deed and titled it wrong. Cora, back up for a second. You mentioned Please. something about the government going back to see if to pay off uh, health care, mm -hmm. uh, nursing home, assisted living. How far back does, because I'm thinking there are a lot of people listening right now. So did they make a mistake? How far back does the government go 
when they're sure. searching. So my yeah. understanding is that there's a five-year look back period there, mm. but a lot of our elder law specialists here in town, we can certainly uh, give you some referrals. They'll do free 30-minute consultations for mm. clients. And so I think that's very important, um, especially as we're headed into the holidays with our loved ones. And maybe we notice that mom or dad or or cousin you know, doesn't seem to be in quite the same health. Um, we should be um, cognizant of that and, and having those opportunities, especially those free consultations to say, what does that look like if we started to plan ahead? Head. Because waiting until maybe the memory has deteriorated or their health has deteriorated could impair not only the possibility of preserving all the assets, but also an opportunity, you know, an easy opportunity to capture their signatures with their capacity uh, to sign those legal documents. And that that goes along with whether you're doing estate planning, formulating a trust, making deed changes or a power of attorney. Um, so that's very important that you're having those conversations before things start to go south, before, you know, someone gets in bad health and is maybe hospitalized. And I know that's a morbid conversation and you don't want to go home for Christmas going, hey, mom, I'd really love to get you into that elder law specialist. Um, But I know a number of people that we work with they treat those consumers just beautifully. I mean, just having those delicate conversations, those sensitive conversations, they do it in a manner that that really is disarming and in their best interest. And it's not in a predatory or vicious way. So just with anything else, selecting the right person to work with matters. Got it. We're going to take a break. When we come back, 10 telltale signs of mice you should never ignore. And a reminder, if you'd like to see what people are saying about us, because we don't want you to ignore our reviews, you can uh, check out LouisvilleZillow.com or LouisvilleGoogle.com to find the reviews for the Socolar team. Our uh, continuing in a moment with Cora Henderson, Pitt & Frank Attorneys, LLC. You can reach the folks over at Pitt & Frank at 895-9900. Brad Lawler, owner of Home Team Inspection Service and Team Bugout. You can reach Brad and his group at 844-411-TEAM. If you're thinking of selling now or in the future, you can call me for free, no-cost obligation, no-obligation assessment to give you a path as to where you need to go to get your home sold in the future. You can reach me at 376-5483, or you can go to bobsellslouisville.com and then just fill out the form and hit submit, and I will get it and call you back. We are back in a moment on News Radio 840 WHAS. Hi, I'm Brad Lawler with Home Team Inspection Service, the area's largest home inspection company. Our teams of dedicated professionals, including many veterans, inspect thousands of homes in Louisville and Southern Indiana each year. And team makes all the difference. Extra sets of eyes and overlapping duties means a more thorough inspection and better value for you. Multiple teams mean we're able to inspect your home when you need it. Radon testing, home inspection, termite reports, one call does it all. Get the team, get home team. Pitt and Frank has been serving your community for over 30 years in real estate closings and our title professionals educate the real estate industry both locally and throughout the state. Tell your loan officer and realtor to close with Pitt and Frank where we pride ourselves on being your trusted real estate closing expert. Pitt and Frank, signed, sealed and delivered at 502-895-9900. That's 502 502- 895-9900. Are you thinking of selling your home next year or in the years beyond? Wondering how to maximize your profits without breaking the bank on improvements? Well, look no further. 
Hi everybody, I'm Bob Sekolder, proud owner of the Sekolder team at Remax Properties East. If you have questions about the value of your home and want to get the most money for it with minimal upgrades, I'm here to help. Call now at 502-376-5483 to schedule a free, no-obligation, in-person meeting. That's 502-376-5483 or go to bobsellslouisville.com. In today's real estate market, you want someone you can trust in the driver's seat. In Louisville, that's Bob and Greg Sokola. Bob and son Greg have helped thousands of families just like yours turn challenges into solutions. They can give you a guaranteed sale of a custom marketing system to get your home sold on your timeline and for the most money, and they have an instant cash offer program. You deserve the best there is. Bob and Greg, go to WeSellLouisville.com. You'll be glad you did. News Radio 840 WHAS, Bob Sekolder, Louisville Real Estate Show here with until the top of the hour. Continuing with us, Brad Lawler, owner of Home Team Inspection Service. They come in as a team. They're ranked the number one Home Team Inspection Service now eight years in a row, and that's a pretty good uh, feat. Uh, you can reach Brad and for not only Home Team, but also Team Bug Out for getting rid of pests, 844-411-TEAM. And uh, Cora Henderson continues with us, Pitt & Frank LLC. They do a great job of getting your home closed, as well as a lot of other legal items that need to be done. You can reach Cora and her folks at 895-9900. And I'm Bob Sekolder. If you're thinking about selling your home, I would love to be able to help you. And even if you're buying, we have agents who can help you as well. You can reach me anytime on my cell phone, area code 502-376-5483, or go to bobsellslouisville.com, fill out the information, hit submit, and it will come right to me, and I'll call you. All right, so we're all getting in the midst of being inside a lot more with the weather the way it is, and certainly there are potential signs. You might hear noises. So, Brad, I'm asking you to join in. Tony wrote us this email. He says, recently recently I've been finding small black pellets in the basement. He hears scratching noises, noises when he goes down there. You also notice his pantry has a sharp, musky odor, and he's starting to be suspicious. Rightly so, correct? We're looking at mice? Oh, yes. Probably mice. Probably so. Tis the season. So let's the droppings are a, a sign, obviously, the scratching uh, in the walls, ceilings, underfloors. Where else might you find them? Yeah, they, they, they hang out in your pantry. They hang out anywhere that's uh, close to any water source. So if you've got a leaking sink, you're going to find them around that. You'll find them in your kitchen cabinets. Um, anywhere there is a food source, they are going to be looking for a way in. And <clears throat> one point, uh, a mouse only needs a quarter inch hole to get in. Uh, mm. Think about a mouse anatomy. Their heads are half the height of the width of their head. So they look for those getting underneath a door. You know, if you can if you can put a nickel, uh, they can get through a hole the size of a nickel. Okay, wow. a rat only needs the size of a quarter, about mm. half inch hole to get in. So yeah, any of those areas where you've got small holes or gaps under doors, mice are looking for a way in because they want to be warm and toasty too. If you've got a dog and the dog starts paying particular attention to a section of a wall, yep. an indication they're hearing something? Very much so. Or the mouse has gone through there. Uh, I've got a dog that is a, is a pointer breed, and she tracks them through the house when they're, when they're here. Oh, okay. And then if you find one deceased mouse in your home, chances are they're not alone. Uh, probably not. Yeah, if one made its way in, you probably have others. And once others come in, then they start families um in the home so yeah if you're setting out traps and you catch one in the trap you want to reset it because there's probably others that will be coming along and speaking of tracks if you see tracks or runways 
where mice are going, you have some frequent activity, right? Yeah. And they, they put down this kind of gross smear that they call sebum, which is mm. kind of like uh, an oil that they rub. You kind of see it along the wall because uh, they run mm. very close to walls. Um, and when they do that repeatedly, they look, leave like a little greasy streak. Interesting. All right. So those are some of the tips, telltale signs you should never ignore uh, if you have a house or a condo or even an apartment that will hopefully keep you up to date on that. We go back over to Cora Henderson over at Pitt and Frank LLC. Cora, this comes from Adam, sent us an email asking us an interesting question. He recently got married to Allison. He's living in her house. She is on the deed and the mortgage as well. He is not, at least on the mortgage. I suspect he's now on the deed because of in Louisville, Verdell, courtesy in the state of Kentucky, right? So, or courtesy. Um, he is wondering, they've had arguments lately, so not going so well. I hope he's changed his name for the sake of um, keeping this confidential within his own marriage. He's wondering, is there any way he can ensure that she does not sell the property out from underneath him without him knowing? Cora? Great question. Um, and and I hope that they're able to, you know, certainly find the assistance they need to to uh, stay in the marriage. Should that be, you know, where they're headed? Um, sorry to hear about his his issues there. But um, if she is the only one on the deed, she's only the only one on title. Yes, you're correct in that at the state of Kentucky, uh, by statute there, since they're married, he has a dower interest. So that means he has that 50% interest in the property. Now, he's not on the deed. You can look up the instrument so long as they didn't do a quick claim deed or any other type of deed putting it to record, adding his name as a title holder, you're not going to see it there. And you, as you had mentioned, the note and mortgage may have been in her name when she was an unmarried individual. However, by virtue of the marriage, now that dower interest exists as a result of that dower interest. This is where I get into answering his question. She cannot effectively and legally refinance or sell the property without him signing those documents, not if she is the only one on title. It cannot happen. So he should rest assured knowing that that is, um, uh, would be certainly impossible, um, absent fraud or forgery, uh, for that property to be sold without his consent and signature. Got it. All right. A reminder that if you'd like to see the future of photography and video, go to louisville3d.com, louisville3d.com. All right, Brad Lawler over at Home Team, this goes to you. Jessica, first-time home buyer. She closed on her home back in October of this year. She's concerned about the winter weather and what she should do to prevent water emergencies like frozen pipes, things like that. So suggestions, and this goes out to everybody who's listening to us who has a house or a condo or an apartment, yeah. Yeah, so the, make sure you know where your water shutoff is. So in case you do have an emergency with a line breaking, you know how to shut the water off to the house. If you have outside spigots, um, look for the shutoff valve. There's likely one uh, that you have somewhere. Um, shut those off uh, at the at the source. Uh, open up the outside valve just to make sure that you don't have any water uh, sitting in them. If you have, uh, say, a kitchen uh, or a laundry room that has is on an exterior wall, uh, just know that the likelihood of those water lines freezing are higher than they are, say, an interior bathroom. So you've got to you've got to note where all of those exterior uh, lines are. If you've got um, 
overhead piping in say an attic um i would definitely want to make sure that you know when you go to bed at night make sure you leave some water running dripping at the sink i know we you know always argue about what size is appropriate i say you know about the size of pencil lead uh just a stream of water water is flowing through those pipes is cheap uh repairs for frozen lines are expensive so keep a little bit of water running uh in the overnight hours when other things are not um, being used and you and i would also recommend that you open up cabinet doors uh if you do have those exterior walls just get a little bit you know allow a little bit more heat uh to go in them but that should help you know uh keep the house pretty well protected even in extremely cold uh weather but those outside spigots are the ones that we always see you know as the challenge because people just don't think about them they freeze and then you don't find out that they froze and broke until you have, you know, sometimes even a spring thaw, mm -hmm. you know, on a house, then you start getting water in a, you know, finished basement. It's never, never a pretty sight. A reminder with run a lot of information at you. You can re listen to this show and see it video wise as well. Go to louisvilleanswers.com, louisvilleanswers.com. It's a redirect to our YouTube channel. All right. So we've got this interesting core. This is a theme going on here. Cora Henderson over in Pitt, Frank, Morgan and his partner had a verbal agreement that if their relationship deteriorated, Morgan would refinance the house and buy his partner out. Morgan writes us in this email, and you can send me an email, folks, Bob, at we saw Morgan writes, the relationship fell apart. Morgan's trying to refinance, but he is being turned down by mortgage companies. And he's wondering if he is forced to live up to his verbal agreement of buying out of his partner. Does he actually have to sell the house in order to buy his partner out? What are your thoughts on that, Cora? Great question. Just to confirm, you said they had a verbal agreement? Verbal agreement, right. Oof. Okay, rule number one, if it's not in writing, it doesn't exist. And mm -hmm. I say that slightly loosely, but you know, certainly always be sure when you can memorialize something in writing, you are going to be best served under all circumstances to do so. It, does that mean it's impossible that he would have a claim? No. Um, you know, Certainly there are attorneys that would love to, to listen to that and dive into those facts to see if that's something, a case that they, that they could take on. But, you know, if there was an opportunity to go back in time uh, with Michael J. Fox there in the DeLorean, mm -hmm. I would say that, you know, um, executing what's called a cohabitation agreement is very common. So when we have unmarried couples or, you know, friends or, or what have you taking title together um, to a property for a purchase, we look to those types of agreements, written agreements, where it's going to spell out who pays for what, who's going to get paid back in the event the property is sold. And also mm -hmm. what if there is a dispute? One one person wants to stay. The other person does not. Um, and I think a lot of times you had mentioned refinance. That's not unlike married couples right now who maybe have it in their marital settlement agreement. They have it in writing where one person is supposed to remove them from title. They're supposed to refinance and get their former spouse's name off the loan. But what we're running into is with the higher interest rates, that's nearly impossible. I mean, who wants to refinance, you know, when they have a two and a half right now to get an eight and a half. Mm -hmm. um, and so instead you see a lot of family law practitioners. And, and certainly in this uh, scenario, I, I would say they would be a good candidate for, for a consult uh, for him, but uh, they would be drafting other types of written agreements, written contracts amongst the parties um, so that they can still accomplish what they need to as far as an equity standpoint and a sales standpoint without having to go through the formal process of, of refinancing. Got it. Very good. All right. And a reminder, you can hear and actually read our reviews. We're very big on our reviews. We're thrilled about them. LouisvilleZillow.com, LouisvilleGoogle.com for our Secolar team reviews. All right. This was the final question, I think, for the show, Brad, to you. 
McKinsey sent us an email says she has a friend who told her that she should start unplugging appliances when they're not used to save on electricity as the bills, electric bills are going up this winter. And this obviously is a question that a lot of our listeners are probably thinking about and wondering. And and so is McKinsey's wondering, does it really save power on uh, money on power bills if you unplug your appliances? Brent? Yes, it does. It's called a vampire draw or a, a phantom power draw. I can't quantify, you know, how much that is, but every single charger that you leave, you know, plugged into a wall, not charging is, is drawing some electricity. Um, I don't know, again, just, just depends on what, what, uh, you know, what those things are, but yeah, every appliance has a clock, every appliance has some sort of mm-hmm. memory built into it. They're, they're drawing power. Yeah. And, you know, even though everything is turned off in your house, that, that wheel still spins on your electric meter. That's the, that's the phantom draw that you're looking at. I did a little research for you on this. Good. And according tell, tell to one estimate. Numbers. Yeah. So to some people, they may say, ah, no big deal. Others might say, oh, this is worth thinking about. Standby power can cost homeowners on average $100 a year. That's $100 a year. And it's coming from computers and laptops being left in a standby position, gaming consoles, light fixtures, cell phone chargers, those types of things. All of them can contribute to the $100 a year. Also, set-top cable boxes. Though I'm not so sure I would would unplug that right microwave right. small kitchen appliances space heaters they all contribute to the getting the um the phantom power problem a yeah. hundred bucks a year so yeah well that's so, just like if you're on a data plan with a cell phone those apps are always running on the background unless yeah. you toggle that off in your general um accessories there that's very true good good point there cora henderson it's a world we live in it is we'll get used to it right we are out of time. You heard the beeper. That meant we are out of time. Our thanks to Carr Henderson over at Pitt and Frank LLC. They do a great job getting your loan closed. But in addition, they do a variety of other things. Contact uh, Pitt and Frank LLC at 895-9900. Also, our thanks to Fred Lawler, owner of Home Team Inspection Service. They come in as a team. They do a great job. Not only do uh, they work for you for inspecting homes, but they also have Team Bug Out now which is great, especially with, as we've talked about, mice and in past shows, rats and a variety of other varmints around our community uh, homes. 844-411-TEAM is Brad's number. And if you're thinking of selling your home now or in the future, next year, whatever it might be, I'd love for you to call me. I'll come out. We'll talk free, no cost, no obligation. We just talk about what the path is and we'd love to be able to help you. You can reach me anytime on my cell phone, 502-376-5483. Or go to bobsellslouisville.com, fill out the form, hit submit, and I'll give you a call back. We are out of time. Have a great Sunday. See you next Sunday on News Radio 840 WHAS.